It's Monday, October 11th. Welcome to the News Diet, a healthier alternative for staying informed. I'm your host, Michelle Carroll. Today, I'm going to talk about Pfizer's push to approve COVID vaccines for children, the temporary solution by Congress to raise the debt ceiling, and Tesla's move from California to Texas. Let's be informed so we can get on with our day. Last week, COVID vaccine company Pfizer officially filed with the FDA in hopes of getting the approval needed for emergency use authorization for children ages 5 to 11. Right now, kids younger than 12 aren't able to receive any vaccine for the virus, which has made it difficult for parents and schools to make plans for the future. In the early days of the pandemic, it seemed children were barely affected by the COVID virus, making up a tiny percentage of the cases, with even lower reports of hospitalizations or deaths. But the newer and more contagious Delta strain has caused a pretty big rise in cases among children, which has resulted in a bigger focus on getting vaccine approval for them. It's also important to note here that while there has been a pretty drastic rise in cases, the death rate among kids is still quite low. Data reported by the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Children's Hospital Association show that only 0 to 0.03 percent of childhood COVID cases result in death. Another way of looking at it is that out of all the COVID deaths, children make up about 0 to 0.26 percent of that. There's a range because the data is collected from states around the country, so some states report zero deaths while others have more. The opinions on how to navigate the virus has become a pretty divisive topic in our country and around the world, and it's no different when it comes to our children. Some think that our kids should be as protected as possible from COVID, supporting the idea of mandated masks and vaccines in order for kids to go back to school and other activities. Others think that the low death rates don't warrant the need for mandates and are saying that requiring the shot could cause discrimination towards the kids and parents who have decided against it or for those who can't get the vaccine for medical reasons. Now with Pfizer pushing for emergency use, people are starting to wonder what this vaccine could actually mean for kids. What I've been able to gather so far, the vaccine for children is less than half the dosage of what it is for adults. Apparently, there are risks for side effects, like there are in adults, but many doctors are saying that side effects are usually a sign that the vaccine is working as it's proof that the body is working to build an immunity against it. They're also saying that the risk of potential side effects from the vaccine still outweigh the potential side effects of the actual COVID virus. The FDA has scheduled a meeting with Pfizer for October 26th to review their request. If all goes according to plan, then the vaccine could possibly be available for children as early as next month. On Thursday, Congress passed a temporary solution to the debt ceiling situation. Republican and Democratic senators were able to come to an agreement to raise the amount that the country is allowed to borrow by $480 billion, which is enough to avoid defaulting on our debts, but only to December 3rd, which is when Congress will have to figure out a more long-term solution by. As a reminder, recently Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned that the U.S. would reach its debt ceiling by the end of October which means that the amount that the country is allowed to borrow in order to pay for all the things that lawmakers have authorized, like all the bills that they pass that cost the country money, would be capped, which means that we would default on our debts for the first time in history. The implications of that would 
probably be pretty bad, as it could really undermine the faith in America, as well as cause a lot of uncertainty in the market, which usually means freaking out the investors that help the economy move forward. Both sides of the political aisle are blaming the other as the reason for the holdup. Democrats are saying that Republicans aren't cooperating, that they're continuing to vote no on raising the ceiling or even filibustering, which is preventing this from being a bipartisan decision. They say that a lot of the commitments that need to be paid actually come from decisions made back in Trump's administration. So they are responsible for making sure we can pay back those commitments. Republicans are saying that they won't vote to raise the limit when we already owe so much, which is already over $28 trillion. They say that since Democrats hold majorities in both the House and the Senate, that they should be able to raise the ceiling without them. It's an interesting time, too, as right now, Democrats are also trying to pass a $3.5 trillion social programs bill that Republicans strongly oppose. Republicans are asking how they can approve the limit for more debt when there doesn't seem to be any plans for restraining the spending. Congress bought themselves some time, but we're pretty much back at square one come the new deadline of December 3rd. On Thursday, Elon Musk announced that Tesla's headquarters would be moving from the Bay Area in California to Austin, Texas. Elon has been hinting at a move for a while now, citing disapproval with several of California's business policies, such as higher taxes and high cost of living for his employees, as well as a public pushback of California's strict COVID lockdown policies last year. Elon himself moved to Texas recently, saying he wanted to be closer to his other ventures there, like SpaceX. He's not pulling out completely from California, though. He did announce plans to expand output from Tesla's Fremont location by about 50%. Tesla is joining a group of large companies leaving California. A few others who have announced plans to leave are Hewlett Packard Enterprise, Oracle, and Toyota, to name a few. Today is Monday, October 11th, and you've just been informed. Now it's time to get on with your day. I'm Michelle Carroll. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the news diet, Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you can always get the latest episode. And leave a review as we all know how that helps boost a show's visibility. If you have any suggestions on how I can improve the show, I definitely want to hear from you. I want the news diet to be as valuable as possible for you. So if you feel compelled, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at the news diet or directly to my email feedback at thenewsdiet.com.